This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me out. Give me all you got! Listen, Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I am your host, Blake Howard. That's right, I have not been taken over by Kathleen Turner, despite what my voice will tell you. And today, it's a different kind of One Heat Minute. I told you I've got Logie Award winning and Oscar nominated guests coming up. Film critics, film scholars in the particular next episode that you guys are going to listen to this week. But today, I've got a guy who's none of those things. <laughs> Off the street. He's, he's a random person. No, he's not a random person. Um, but nonetheless, he's possibly um, one of the more qualified people to be on here as an expert of heat and me. His name is Jamie Piggott. He is my best friend. And he's a person who I've made endure Michael Mann's heat many and many and many and many, <laughs> many a time. And particularly wanted to get him along for an episode of One Heat Minute, or a multiple, depending if he enjoys himself. Mm-hmm. So, Jamie Pickett, welcome to One Heat Minute. Thank you. You've been on a few podcasts I've done before. I have, yes. It's not unfamiliar to me. It's not? It's, the uh, medium? Very hard <laughs> to chat to you, as you can tell, <laughs> as you guys will pick up. It's what we pretty much do all the time, so no real difference. No. But this one, slightly different, because this is a, a, a very special movie to me, my favourite movie. focused. Yeah, it's really focused. There's no, there's no, there's no fat that we can talk about. So, we are now at the sixteenth, sorry, the seventeenth minute of heat. So, if you're dialing it up on your Warner Brothers Blu-ray right now, it's going to be showing sixteen um, colon double zero. We are at the seventeenth minute. We are at the crime scene. We are seeing Al Pacino and his team actually talking and dissecting what's happening. You're about to hear Ted Levine's famous explanation of someone getting shot by a machine gun. Bang, 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 bang. My favorite thing I've probably said 12 times so far in this podcast. You're about to watch this minute. Jamie's going to join me to unpack it. We're going to talk a little bit about heat. What it means, you know, uh, as as a campfire movie for friends as well. So I think that's going to be fun. And uh, Jay, you can then uh, wax lyrical on heat after this minute. Let's go. Cool. We got three motorists. All they saw were men with masks. They were distant. Console TV man over there, however, he was closer. You ID anybody? Well, he was hiding. He heard it mostly. Okay, what about them? All right, now, according to TV man, this guy started mouthing off. Smart. Yeah, somebody called a guard slick. Slick? Yeah. Now, this guy, I figured this guy went for that holdout piece, ankle holster. Here. Bang, 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 bang. Side. This guy here has got what appears to be a double tap entry wound to the sternum. Tattooing around the head wound, scorched bone, close range, probably executed. And it was a million six in bearer bonds. And they ignored the loose cash. Because they had no time, because they were on a clock. Which means they knew our response time to a 211, had our air immobilized. There's one loaded minute. Yeah. There's a lot more in there than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. 
That's one thing I always thought when we first talked about this. I just didn't know how much stuff you'd get in each minute, but it's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it's packed. I mean, this this is a really cool minute because the first minute of this scene um, that you really heard from, and Lee and I unpacked it in the last episode, it's a lot of Bosco talking and a lot of Vincent pointing <laughs> and not saying anything, just sort of pointing at things and, and Bosco sort of doing a bit of explaining. But this actually sort of starts to set up um, the crew and their roles in the crew and really what they're learning on the fly. Like it's, it's that old trick, like we've gotten to see how it unfurled yeah. in real time, but then they get to go back into each sort of segment of what happens and sort of and, and, and unpack it and go, okay, well, have they figured it out? Interesting to what they've, yeah, what they've heard. Yeah, really is the dynamic between everyone in there. Yeah, it's, they're, they're just all, like every single the, one of them. The way they're listening to him talk. That's the way way his eyes move around. You can see so much going on in his brain as he's just going over things. Yeah. So the 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 cusp of the last minute is him basically saying to the beat cop, like, "This is robbery homicides." Okay. This is ours now. Yeah. And you, I love this this stalking. Everyone's watching. Everyone's listening. I still don't know how that TV has power. It's 16 minutes and 7 seconds. If you guys can 16 minutes, hey, the, t- the console TV man, I don't know where he's getting power. I think it's a car battery, I've, I've guessed, but I'm just not sure. Um, so, you've seen this movie a million times. A million times? How many times have you seen this movie? I don't know. You it's don't know? awesome. It's the greatest, you know, 11 p.m. post movie. You put on after a few drinks and stuff. Because you watch the whole thing. There's no way you watch... 20 minutes of this. No. You just sit there. I've the been time. punishing people who are doing this podcast only watch one minute <laughs> and then dissect it. Second. Watch it when I get home. <laughs> and that, well, that's good. I hope that's the effect of the podcast. I wonder. Um, <clears throat> that's actually really good. I would love people, if you could, um, mail at oneheatminute.com is our email address. If you could email me the number of times you watch Heat <laughs> before you start listening to this podcast, and then by the end of it, if you could tell me if your count has increased. Because yeah. I know mine's increased by about 10. 100%. I've watched it probably 10 more times since I've started You've the podcast. You've never dissected it so much like this before. Like, no. It's... Like, this was the first movie I watched with Nixon, I'm pretty sure. My six-month-old, <laughs> when we first came home from the hospital, I'm pretty sure I had this on my planner in Foxtel, and I watched this because it was... Just a go-to movie. Yeah, and so you're like, this this is a good movie yeah. for for a. Oh, it's just yeah, <laughs> for just a looking at him going, look, this is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is asleep. Yeah. Um, so we've got this. You've when did, when do you, were you seeing it on VHS for the first time? You would have seen it back then, <sighs> probably. Got me now. I'm not sure. Yeah. I reckon I saw it on VHS. So I mean, we went to different primary schools and mm-hmm. early high schools. So. Um, it was released in 1995 in December in the States. So in Australia back then, in the late 90s, you're looking at us taking probably six months to get most stuff that's at American yeah. cinemas. Huge things, maybe three. Um, so it would have been 1996 before I was at the cinemas in Oz. And then finally, um, you know, finally came onto home video around 97. Because I remember it being at video stores in 97. Okay. Yeah, so, I might, Dad might have grabbed it, might have watched it from a movie, but I thought, um, what about late night TV screenings and stuff? Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, it would have been there. One of those? Yeah, I, I mean, so. it's it's a rare, and yeah, so it would have been probably late high school. Because you and I were both kind of like, you know, Nighthawks would be up. Yeah, yeah, watching what, TV and stuff. What, watching movies 11. wouldn't be unnatural no. for us. And and also they throw it on after eleven because. Yeah. 
It is pretty bomb. It's like it's pretty bomb. <laughs> it's nearly three. It's, it's, around it. it's nearly three hours, right? So yeah. they can throw it on for as long as they like, and 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 hope that, you know, in Australia, in America, I hear, and especially in the early seventies, they used to do TV cuts of movies. So yeah. famous movies like Planet of the Apes had a television cut, and fans of the movie who grew up loving that television cut then later saw the theatrical cut mm. and was like a completely different Blue movie. Minds, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, what else? But you know, in Oz, we didn't have so much of that except for cutting out sort of you know yeah, they'd either just say no swearing. or outright I think yeah it was, it was like they cut out a bit of swearing I think they cut out the heart eating scene in Last of the yeah. Mohicans is probably one of the, one of, the ones I remember, <laughs> one of the ones I remember because I remember seeing it on DVD later and oh. going oh <laughs> wow um, so this sequence I love this sequence is look at look, his eyes yeah look at 16 minutes 10 seconds Vincent just like glazed as he's looking around because he's brain's going a thousand miles a minute yes just going through everything yeah and it's it's a really interesting scene because he's so confident and assertive in a lot of scenes but here he's a bit like a sponge he's just yeah. like those eyes don't look like someone who knows exactly what's going on they're just like yeah. i'm like fully absorbing give all the information yeah give me everything you got basically um that's what he's just doing ticking through he blinks looks away he's like not important that's important yeah he does it and, and, and also, there's that great... I, I, we just caught it. We just snuck onto it. So I'm going to make sure I can line it up for people that are watching or listening along and watching along. Is It's about 16 minutes, 16 minutes, 12, 13 seconds is when um, he sort of asks, did he see anybody? You know, he's like, he's like, no, I didn't see anybody. He heard it mostly. And he just kind of goes, ugh. Yeah, like, he knows. I, it's like, oh, that's a pain in the ass. Like, that's, there's one thing that we don't have. Yeah. Um, because um, before we get to this, before we get to the next minute, which is the 18th minute, and we actually dive into what, he, what potential leads he's saying. Like, right now, he's just sort of chunking information. What is happening? What is going on? Do you love how these guys stand? Yeah. You just watch the way they, they walk around. It's, it's nothing like, um, like a high school group. You know, when you have the, the high school group, you have the leader and then yeah. the other guys follow around. But this one, they're all so intense and huddled in. They're all taking as much as they can from him all the time. Yes. And, but it's not fake. It's not no. false. Like the way they're, you know, drawn to him. You can see just the way, like you said, the way they stand and, and walk around. Yeah. It's just perfect. And also Bosco, so Ted Levine here, he's a he's a massive um, character actor for people. This if this is your first one hit minute, this guy is Buffalo Bill. But yeah. he's in a he's in a tremendous suite of movies in his entire career. It's always good. He's and, and, exactly. There is never a performance where Ted Levine you're like, yeah, that was no. sucky. He's good in everything. And so here you got these guys, and he's the one that's yeah. telling him what's happened. And all the guys are so intent. There's, um, you've got Casals oh. is Wes Studi. So this is a yeah. uh, this is cheat a cheat. helpful cheat sheet for the cast <laughs> for people who aren't familiar. You've got McKelty Williamson as Sergeant Drucker. There's one guy I always forget his name um, because he's not as well known an actor. But I want to make sure I give him um, the. Uh, I want to make box. sure I give him his just desserts because he's really fantastic. His name is. Da, 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 da. Jerry Trimble. Jerry Trimble plays a character called Schwartz, um, who's sort of the, the the least well known of this entire crew. And uh, again, tremendous, intense performance. And man, just loves having these guys all together. This little hive mind of activity, yeah. and the way that they're like. If you even just looking, 
16 minutes, 23 seconds. This is absolutely just beautiful framing and staging of people and heights. It's like, it's so good because Schwartz is kind of, you know, shorter, taller. There's just this, I don't know, it's like a weird forced perspective trick. I love that. And when you're looking at it, you're like, whoa, this is like perfect. The one that reminds me of is my favorite Spielberg movie. Oh, this is going to shock some people. My favorite Spielberg movie is Munich. I think it's an absolutely divine movie. Um, and there's so many bits in that movie, just little cafe scenes, usually in the wake of, you know, pretty nasty stuff that that crew yeah. has had to do. And they're all staged. Those actors are just so staged, like, perfectly. I know what you mean with the... You're getting the similarities there with the the crew feel that you get, that vibe. Yes. Everyone's there for a purpose. There's no one that you look there that's like, well, they shouldn't be there or they're not doing enough. Everyone's nailing it. Yeah. Everyone's there for the reason. And even Schwartz, like even you got Schwartz, who's played by Jerry Trimble, like he's not a big actor. He's with some pretty heavy hitters at this time. Yeah. Um, and he's just nailing it as well. He just looks like he belongs there. Like yeah. he's they, as they natural They all hold as that same presence when they're there. Yeah. So, and it's like, you've only got it. Like, and again, just pouring over it. I love this description. Just sort of go through the guys and, and they're positing what's happening straight yeah, away. Exactly. They're perfect at getting it every time. Yeah. There he goes. He knows exactly what happened. And double tap entry world. <laughs> it's like... Ted, Ted Levine is like the worst actor for me to watch because it's a stupid accent that I start doing. It probably sounds nothing like the real Ted Levine. Can't shake it but for I four can't days. Sh- no. Later I'm just like... It was a double tap entry. Is he chewing tobacco or is it gum? I think it's tobacco. eh? You're going to start chewing it now. I want it. Right now I'm (laughs) chewing a eucalyptus lolly, but I wish it was tobacco because you're like... You just want to talk out of the side of your mouth. And they ignore the loose cash. You know, you just want to say it like he's saying it. Um, But again, I just love the way that each of the the performers are looking at stuff here. So even 16 minutes, 41 seconds, you're looking at Casals, which is where Studi, he's still stuck on the first guy that they've had a look at. You've got, you've got um, Vincent and you've got um, uh, and Drucker, who's played by McKelty Wilson. They're looking down at Bosco. They're chunking it in there. And then you've got Schwartz at the back, and he's already looking at the shape charge. Like, for, for fans of the, the film, you know that he's now chunking other information. So it's cool that, like, even the smarts of not all these actors are going to be looking in the same spot for this yeah. exposition scene. They're going to be... Seeing what they can find. It doesn't look like acting, does it? No. <laughs> it's like they're actually inspecting this, <laughs> taking everything in, because they're never going to need it. Yeah. Um, Every little detail. Yeah, they're really good. And they're really good at reacting to one another and checking stuff out and thinking. And no one talks. No. They're it's all just taking everything in. Yeah. No stupid, unnecessary questions. Let him no. finish. He's going to explain. He knows that there's something cool. I think when you're around... Um, when you're doing anything and you would know this, like yep. just doing what you do, when you're doing anything, you don't need to talk often or you might like explain the lay of the land at a job. And for someone who you work with, like Hayde, um, you know, Jamie, Jamie's a, a technician. And so, you know, he might be at a job explaining how to, you know, get, get a, get someone set up on satellite TV or whatever. He doesn't have like, doesn't matter whether you're a cop or a satellite TV tech or whatever. Like, these guys don't need to over explain shit. No. They do this all the time. So that's what's really sort of a masterful stroke is that he's telling them exactly enough information that they can get the lay of the land, but without not too much, and they're not asking any dumb questions. No, they wouldn't be there. 
No. You wouldn't have a bar of it. That's the whole thing. But you know they've all been there and they've all been through this and he knows he can count on them to be there for exactly what they need to be there for. Mm. They don't need to speak unless they have something to add that's important. Yes. You won't see any showboating or... With this crew, it no. wouldn't even make it past the first step. No. And, and then they're explaining finally in sort of the last 10 seconds um, what they actually took mm. because... You know, we saw we saw them take it a piece of you know a piece of paper. We had it sort of explained to us um, with Nate and uh, and uh, Neil in a previous scene. So John Boyd and and, and uh, Robert De Niro's characters in the parking garage, but we sort of see them go. They're taking it, and now it's. I know I'm sort of cheating you, so I apologise because we're we're right in the in the midst of it, but we're right here. We're seeing these guys about to start dissecting what happens and how do they actually get here. What about this movie and this scene in this movie Like, do you think keeps you coming back for it? The thing, and I, I don't know if you're going to get this all the time through this, but the thing you really notice is how much, and especially now with dissecting it so specifically, is how much he does with so little. Like even if you look at 20 seconds worth, yes. you, can, you can expand on that. That's why you've done this <laughs> podcast. I know why you've done this. You can see... Just so many, so many small things or minute things even that give so much without any effort. Like the, even just the way, the way they take everything in. He's done that. Like there's no talking in this scene. Like you look at the script that's in this scene. <laughs> you look at the lines. It's what half a page. Yeah, for, it's not a lot for a minute. Yeah, it's about a page. They say you know uh, without directions <laughs> and stuff. But you think of how much he's gone into detail talking to them about specifics. But we're learning more, I think. We're learning as much about the the crime scene as we are about the way the crew approaches exactly. the crime scene because you're here sort of going through with them what while it's all happening. And also setting up for the future of how good these guys are. Yes. Dissecting a scene and figuring... Like, we know straight away they're on the ball. They know exactly what happened. And they almost know how good this crew is. Oh, they're from, almost, from minute one. Yeah, from so minute one. They're already there, like straight away. Yeah, scene, <laughs> and it just sets it up instantly within that very first scene. Yeah, sets up this huge, big, where constant you, battle. Where do you think when you start watching Heat? When have you got the hooks in? Is it this scene? Oh, uh, like as no, in before? It's, it's already before. got. Yeah, <laughs> there's just something about his movies that just. It's just so good. It, I know it's. it sounds so basic to describe it that way, but how else can you say it? It's yeah. just, everything's perfect. He just yeah. nails it all. Yes. There's no missteps. There's literally no second in this film where you you cringe or look away and go, oh, I can miss this bit or look at your phone or something. You don't even bother. No. You just sit there and let it go. This is a no phone. There's, there's really, I think that's a real, it's a funny, um, it's a funny thing because recently, you know, uh, at the time that we're recording this, Blade Runner 2049 has come out. And I read a couple of great reviews and a couple of great tweets. Um, my favorite review and favorite tweet about Blade Runner was that when someone went and saw it, it was like being in a church. When uh, no one, <coughs> excuse me, no one was touching their phone. Mm-hmm. No one made a sound. Everyone so, was just so unusual. These it's days. really unusual. And so when Heat's playing, and I must admit. 
I've now come to the point that I'm the guy that's literally talking <laughs> over heat and expecting you to listen could you, along. Could you imagine walking in and just watching this for the first time as you are now, watching this? You wouldn't move a muscle. No. You'd be uh, sitting there with your head on your hand just supporting yourself and just you wouldn't move for I, the whole time. I can't imagine. Like, that's a really, you know, when I think back, you know, when I think back about, you know, I saw it on a VHS tape and I was younger and I and, and there were bits that bored me. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would you be like. You can't tick through things like I, that. I, you I, can now. No. I, I can't imagine sitting down 2017, walking into a cinema and seeing a movie this good. Yeah. Like, like knock your socks off, like crime film, Michael Mann, peak of his powers. Because he's still made some tremendous films. I think that one of the closest ones is, I saw Miami Vice, or we saw Miami mm-hmm. Vice together. And... Um, I think at the time, it's like one of those strange things that now, retrospectively, a lot of people are massively appreciating. And I think people who are listening, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a fan of Miami Vice, no doubt. Yep. Um, and I remember watching it and going, that's a masterpiece. Like, I just walked out of like same sort of feeling, crew, proficient, effortlessness, great performances. Nuance. Abs- nuance, absolutely different to Heat um, because it's much more about, um, it's much more about being watching a cop <coughs> being <coughs> excuse me out there on the edge and being so close to you know stepping over um that he can almost not help himself so mm-hmm. i think i think that's where the difference is but he he's like an it's an epic yeah. it's an opus it's and i think for me if i was watching this i would have been blown away by the by the the high sequence at the beginning but then the pace you know they're they it's like it doesn't waste any time but no. at the same time it takes its time like we we get to know these characters so much out of every scene yeah gets uh, so flushed out yeah you get it chunked every second every minute and i just i i love all the lighting here these guys are sort of you know they've uh, these top lighting this ugly gross top lighting in this crime scene makes really beautiful statuesque faces yeah Yeah, they're strong tough guys yeah these are tough guys but not not uh, showboat tough guys. These no. are the real tough no. guys that you want. Yeah, you know, on your team, you know. Yeah, like they're not. Um, they're not like the Hollywood, you know, totally shredded. No. Gold's Gym, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, pumping iron tough guys. They're just tough guys. That's why I think this movie's got a lot more like seventies feel as opposed to like nineties or eighties because eighties is like Stallone, yeah. Schwarzenegger, big bodies. And not there's anything wrong with that because one of my other favourite movies is Predator, um, <laughs> which is like unashamedly the toughest tough guy action movie of all time. So I love that. But I'm just saying these guys, very tough, you know, cut it. And, you know, even in cruddy, you know, oversized 90s suits. Yeah, detective, I think, detective suits. Detective suits. I think they, they rock it really well. And so we've just got a couple more seconds of the scene here that really unfold. And, and, and I'm sorry that I'm cheating you out of it, but it's like, bang, Vincent Vincent is now sort of really starting. It's like the beginning of a massive piece of dialogue and exposition where he's like, they knew that we are on that we're they're yeah. on a clock. Like, as you said, we already kind of get that they know how good this crew is, but from this second, he's like, Oh no, they're good. They knew our response time. <coughs> he knows they're quick too, which means you won't have time to catch them out. They won't muck around. No, they won't. So he's just starting to get that. So Unfortunately, that's the end of this minute. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Like uh, any other insights onto why I would uh, undertake this uh, ridiculous oh, task? I, I, I guess you're going to keep coming back to it, but you just know how much you get from each 
even each second or each few seconds. It's yeah, so it's actually detailed. not one heat minute anymore. One no. of my friends, um, an upcoming guest on the show, Oscar uh, Hillestrom, which I'm super excited. Well, there's a little bit of a teaser for who's coming up <laughs> soon. Um, actually uh, said, uh, listening to the show, you're not going through minute by minute. You're going through second <laughs> by second. And I, <laughs> I guess semantics, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's that's where you're starting to sort of... You wouldn't think there'd be so much to cover, but you really can go so deep into every part. Yeah. Like you're not going to get dud episodes and dud minutes in this movie. No, no, I don't think so. I think, look, and I think I'm really interested if there are friends... Excuse me. I'm going to hate this podcast so much because of my coughing. Um, I think there might be episodes where there is stuff that... Uh, I, I really would love to hear, you know, some genuine criticism if someone's critical about a particular scene or a portrayal or something. I'm I'm interested and open to it. Like, yeah. um, and I think like one of the real cool fallacy, also one of the not cool fallacies, but there's a fallacy that the best movies ever don't have flaws, and that's you, you like it's like as I said, it's a fallacy. It's all the best movies have flaws, like something, a character, a performance you don't like, a, I don't know, a piece of crummy dialogue that you don't particularly think sits well with a character. Um, but for me, even, you know, one of the big criticisms of this film is the Pacino performance in some of the more, the bigger scenes, you know, the great ass, <laughs> oh, give me all you got. And I just think that... Like when you look at those scenes and you look at those flaws, it's really like they're they're sometimes great to talk about because it's like no, like for me, when I watch that, it if 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 something feels like if something felt contrived, like what didn't make sense for the character, I would I yeah, I'd be with you. You fall back out of it. Yeah, you fall out you of it. Step back away. But again. I lean in. Like in yeah, these performances, constantly. I lean in. I'm leaning in because this is a guy who like likes to keep. So, especially when you look at the silence and the stillness and the reflection and the sponge that he is in these scenes with his people, with his guys, when he's then with criminals, he's he's a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's even really interesting, I think, and, you know, not to sort of bury the lead, there's going to be plenty to talk about, but, um, you know, that's what's so interesting, again, about that cafe scene, about that interaction is because he enters with Neil there in a way that's so different from how we see him deal mm. with any other criminal in this, which is, you know, when he's talking to, <laughs> um, when, when, when he's talking to Albert and El, and Albert's brother played by Tone Loke, like he's, he's, he's a total maniac. <laughs> like he's, 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 he's a total loose cannon. When he's talking to Hank Azari's character, um, uh, oh my god, I've just lost his name. Uh, um, Marciano, Alan Marciano. When he's talking to Hank Azaria, Marciano, and he's describing Ashley Judd's great ass, like he's a maniac in that scene. But it's this manic thing where he goes from naught to a hundred that keeps them like, what the hell's this guy doing? Like he's crazy. And so I, I actually think it's, it's him just having another shell and trying to keep them off guard. Yeah. But that's what's so sublime. with the cafe, yeah, with the cafe scene because it's like he approaches Neil like an equal um, isn't that the whole movie for you just that idea of them meeting as equals like that ah uh, yeah it all yeah. comes down to in the end ah uh, no there's something so this is the thing so many people are like what's your favourite minute and 
like I don't know. Right when I started, it's pretty this, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it's one hundred and seventy of them to choose from. It's hard to pick. So I would say when I think about it, um, the the minute that resonates most with me, and maybe it's like critical mass. It's like once you've seen every minute, the final like. There are some movies that have amazing final scenes. I think so many movies cheat you out of a great final scene. Um, what didn't was like last year's Oscar winner Moonlight. You know, had that final scene that just, it just had, every, it just like had everything you could possibly want. And so like great movies, I feel, have great final scenes. Um, Apocalypse Now, you know, one of the great final scenes of all time, you know, uh, the... Martin Sheen ascending to the, you know, ascending to the Kurtz figure, you know, inheriting that mantle and then fucking exploding the whole <laughs> compound. Um, but this movie for me, that final scene um, and Pacino's face in that final scene might be my favorite minute. And I think it's because of, of everything that we're getting now and learning about these guys. It's that like, I don't know that everything that is everything that, their whole lives mean their professionalism and they've yeah. found someone so perfect and compatible um, and so challenging. And so, you know, even though this is such an intense situation, it's a situation where you can thrive and be respectful. And in that moment, one of them has to take the other one down. Yeah. And it's just this like... It can only go one way. It's only going to go one way. You know, what if you got me bucks then? You know, like, <laughs> it's like just like that, that thing that ultimately you're going to find someone and the, like that, that perfect, formidable, you know, challenger. And, and in that moment, formidable it, object and, uh, and unstoppable force. force. <laughs> and it's, and it's, and it's like, but instead of something's there being a give. halt, something has to give. And so I think that moment still probably is my favorite thing. So like when I see that cafe scene, yeah, it's like, it's epic and it's wonderful. And it's like an acting, it is the, when we get up to it, it is the acting masterclass. So I'm hopefully going to try and, you know, get some fantastic actors or something like that to join me for those minutes to just really just, in for oh, a minute. <laughs> you know, that would be the dream, right? Um, but you know, those guys are pretty busy from what I hear. Um, but yeah, like that, those moments, um, you know, that masterclass, that performative, you know, everything about that performance, um, and, even tiny gestural, you know, sometimes they call it like the gestural sphere of a performance. It's like every facial expression, every tick, every, you know, lowering of the eye, closing the eye, raise of an eyebrow, leaning. Um, every part of that is so perfect. But I mean, yeah, we'll get to you that hundred se- that, that 170th minute, right? Like I still think I, I'm, I, and every new minute is usually my next favorite. Like I love talking about it because it brings something new. So it's, that's, that's kind of what's interesting about this is, um, every new minute is fun because I, you know, we get to talk more about this, this sphere, this, and each person that sits across yeah. has a fun time talking about it. <laughs> I have to watch this now. You have to watch it now. <laughs> I have to go and watch it now. Now make sure just, just so you know, <laughs> this is a reminder, um, guys, we are on the, there is a Warner, while it was still Warner Brothers, Blu-ray edition of Heat that we're watching. So if you're listening in the States or you're listening in Oz or you're listening in England, um, if you've got the Michael Mann Heat definitive edition, which has very recently come out, I believe they are similarly paced up to a point. Um, I think 
in the coming minutes, they're going to kind of diverge. So, um, <coughs> excuse me, you'll have to listen along to the minutes. They might go out of sync if you're watching along at home and you're trying to freeze frame and things like that. But if you've got the Warner Brothers DVD or Warner Brothers Blu-ray, um, you can watch it literally second for second along with us if we're sort of dissecting scenes and, and looking at lighting or composition or performance or, um, you know, talking about specific dialogue and when things are said and, um, you know, how things are, are, are sort of exposed to us as we're going through. Awesome. <laughs> you get so much out of this. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. So... Thank you so much, James, Pleasure. for joining me for one heat minute. No um, and uh, if you want to pop back in any time, you're more any than given what, Monday, any given any any given Monday prior <laughs> to our Tuesday release, we drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to One Heat Minute. Jamie is not on social media, so don't go looking for him. Um, I am Blake Howard. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you again. We are One Heat Minute at oneheatminute.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, we'd love you to rate and review the podcast. Um, and, uh, and and flick us any notes and if you are a massive fan of Heat and you want to talk about it and you are listening to this and you want to get in touch just follow me at Like His Batman and hit me up on Twitter um, that will be amazing guys thank you for listening we have got the 17th minute down the 18th minute which is coming up on Friday features the amazing academic and writer Anna Zenis from Latrobe University in Melbourne, also a writer of Senses of Cinema, um, and uh, particularly wrote the great directors um, uh, at Senses of Cinema about Michael Mann. So a real man fan, um, and you can look forward to that in the next episode. But Jay, thank you so much. Cheers. We've had many conversations like this, so this is another one that's recorded, but specifically about heat for a change. Very small part of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. Cheers.